When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call our Friday edition the tailgate, and boy... Are we loaded up today, and we have one major topic we'll be getting into, and that is the Kyler Murray decision. But first, boy, we have a great weekend on campus, and if you are a Sooner sports fan, and maybe more specifically a one-pass holder, this is the weekend for you. We get things started tonight, 645. A showdown of the number one gymnastics team in the country. The OU women square off against number five Georgia inside the LNC. So that gets going at 645. Again, tickets for every event at Soonersports.com slash tickets. And obviously the one pass gets you into every single one of these games, one of these matches, one of these meets, including the men's basketball game on Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock. A huge showdown for Lon Kruger's team as they welcome in nationally ranked TCU, who's coming off a tough loss to Kansas Sooners, coming off a tough loss to Texas Tech. And then on Sunday, the OU women's hoops team back in action inside the LNC at 2 o'clock against West Virginia. A, an amazing weekend for sports. The men's tennis team is home as well, too. Men's gymnastics team gets things going on the road to start yet another run at a national championship. And we have wrestling on the road this weekend as well, too. You'll want to stay dialed in to Soonersports.com. And hopefully we'll see you at the LNC. Three huge events from women's gymnastics on Friday night to men's hoops on Saturday afternoon to women's basketball on Sunday at 2 o'clock. I was lucky enough to travel with the women's basketball team for their showdown with Texas in Austin. 
Sooners fell 73-63. to Afterwards, I caught up with Sherry Cole and just talked about the heart, the grit, and determination this young Sooner basketball team showed on Wednesday night. You know, Chris, we did some really, really good things. Um, our execution was really good, on point, and uh, of course that missed layup was big, but uh, we had several and we got some good looks in the fourth quarter and could only manage to come up with 10 points. You know, we had um, three-point shooters have good looks, we had point-blank layups, we had, we had free throw opportunities, and uh, you combine all that and you just can't beat a team as talented and deep and big as Texas on the road if you don't take advantage those opportunities. Mandy Simpson and the fight she showed tonight. Yeah. She finishes with 10 points, but what caught my eye was the five assists. She always seemed to be putting her teammates in good positions and probably a couple of extra assists she should have had if maybe some point blank shots were dropped. Yeah, uh, she's a really good passer. She's a smart basketball player, high IQ. And I think that's my takeaway for this game. These freshmen really learning how to play basketball and how to read defenses, making extra passes, making the right reads. Taylor Robertson did some tremendous things without the ball in her hand tonight. And Mandy made some great decisions and some great finishes. And they're just going to keep getting better. I mean, we battled this number 13 team in the country on their home floor. They get 24 free throws, and we only get nine. And uh, we've got, for most of the night, four freshmen on the floor. So the future is bright for these guys. Two more quick ones, and I'll let you run. One of them, you mentioned the freshman, Taylor Robertson. With the way that she was defended, how do you think she handled it tonight? She really was working hard away from the basketball. I know you've, you've challenged her on that too, haven't you? Yeah, I think she got better. Um, she, I think what you saw late in the game, maybe a couple of those misses, is she's not accustomed to pushing herself that hard without the ball in her hand, and maybe there's a little fatigue that set in there on a couple of those, but she made some good reads, and as the game went on, she got better and better, and these guys took stuff that we drew up at timeouts and went out and executed, and they were just dialed in, and uh, that's it's fun to coach that way, and, and we're going to be all right. These guys are going to keep getting better. Yeah, the inbounds plays were amazing. Some of the open looks. And how about Maddie Williams? Gotten it out tonight, 18 points. Boy, that sixth man role suited her pretty well, 18 off the bench. Yeah, she came in and, and was really good. And I probably could have and should have kept her a little bit fresher in the second half. Uh, just D got in that foul trouble and Anna was in foul trouble. And so we didn't really have a, a great option there. But uh, I thought she showed some signs of what she can do offensively. I thought she played much harder tonight. Appreciate you coming by. Heck of a fight tonight, Thanks, Coach. Chris. Get out there on Sunday, support the women. Again, that tip time against West Virginia is at 2 p.m. for the Sooners and the Mountaineers, and then on Saturday, 1 o'clock for the men's team and TCU. Well, don't know if you've noticed this, but there's been quite a stir nationally involving Kyler Murray, and it's not just about his baseball future. It's now about the potential that he could play in the NFL now, again, nothing as we tape this, and we're taping it at about midnight on Thursday night after the Thunder lost to San Antonio, there is nothing official yet. So, in other words, the Susan Slusser report is, is very much about what the A's think. And, again, you would have to imagine they might have a leg up on this, but there's still the possibility that Kyler Murray could end up back at Oklahoma. So, here's what we know. Absolutely nothing, except what the San Francisco Chronicle reported, which is the A's feel as if Kyler is on his way to the NFL draft. Now, every day I get a chance to talk to Toby Rowland on our radio station, Sports Talk 1400. He and TJ Perry, diehard baseball guys, but also big Sooner fans. And we had a quick roundtable discussion about 
what exactly we think is going to happen on the Kyler Murray front. Hey, so where are you falling on the Kyler stuff right now? I love the take on when you saw him and where you felt like he kind of elevated as a baseball player, but this is going to be very interesting, and I don't I don't know if we're talking enough about George Stoya's report that he's already enrolled in nine hours for the spring semester. I find that to be rather significant, too. Very interesting. Um, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to uh, take the easy road and then I'm going to explain why <laughs> I would advise him to follow his heart. And, and that sounds cheesy, but the reasoning is this, because I think he can be great at both. And so which one would you rather be great in? I, I think it's going to be too hard to be a quarterback in the National Football League and play baseball. I do think maybe you could try that later, although that's going to be hard. If you you know miss out on baseball for a few years and then go back and try to play, that's going to be tough. So if if he wants to be a baseball player, uh, or if he wants to be a football player, that's the direction I'd encourage him to go because I honestly feel he can be a star either way. I have some reservations and doubts just about his size in the NFL. Uh, but I'm not real bright, and there's a lot of people out there who are smarter than me in football who feel like those days don't matter anymore. You don't have to be 6'3". Baker's kind of proven that. Certainly Russell Wilson's proven that. Kyler's smaller than both of those, but he's also faster. <laughs> so um, I think he's got a chance to be a star. Either way, he's going to make a whole bunch of money either way partly in contract and in even more in in uh advertising in in becoming a spokesman for multiple companies i think how much so mentally does it affect you too being football just happened you've just been wrapped up in that and the the culture of football this yeah. and that because if sure. you go back to the baseball season the way he talked and these guys in this dugout and Things were starting to roll for him and the way he was talking about baseball. And now you're flipping, you're in football. And then you get into that mindset. And it's it's more recent than what he had of that feeling of baseball. I wonder how much that affects you mentally, too. I agree. And, and it's funny if you just contrast Kyler Murray uh, and the stage he was put on in football compared to baseball. Right. He had individual press conferences before and after every game in football. He was making the uh, awards circuit in football. I couldn't talk to him in baseball. <laughs> I mean, you know, he was he was he was prevented from doing any media in in baseball. He was shielded, and then he gets to football and he's he's uh, he's got a giant stage. So I think all Walking that red could, carpets, yeah. yeah. I think all that will factor in. I think he's going to play football because I think that's where his heart is. I think what's fascinating, too, and I was talking to TJ about this, I think the scouts are going to fall in love with him. Uh, it's going to be initially a lot of questions about his size, and I think you're seeing it right now with some of the NFL guys. You know, I tweeted something last night from John Middlecoff, and everyone kind of got hot because he mentioned, oh, as a receiver. Well, that's unfortunately what we always do with athletic quarterbacks from Tebow. Antoine Randall L. To Antoine Randall L., right, to Terrell Pryor, to, of course, even Lamar Slash. Jackson last year. Cordell Stewart, we always do it. And it, it got me thinking, they don't know. 
they haven't they haven't seen this. They just they saw maybe uh, the Tech game or the West Virginia game that was in primetime, and once they really get their quote unquote hands on him, Toby, I think they're going to fall in love with. He's going to knock their socks off. What, what, the only problem you can possibly have with him is how tall he is. That's it. When he runs, he's going to he's going to you know he's going to light up the forty. All those quickness drills that they do, he's going to set the records. When he throws the ball, he's got an absolute cannon, and he's accurate. Everything they're going to measure at a combine or at OU day or all that kind of stuff is going to be off the charts. The only thing there is not to like about him is that he's 5'10". Yep. Or whatever you think he is. <laughs> well, it's exciting to see the hype and the and kind of the excitement this has created because – and you you brought this up, and TJ on the timing. We forget how really good he became in baseball too this year. Well, <laughs> let me let me follow that up by saying that isn't an issue in baseball. No, there there is no the only thing you don't like about him in baseball. There's nothing. I mean, nobody cares how tall he checks you are. every box. Every box. Yeah. He can run. He can hit. He can hit for power. There is no. But he's 5'10 in baseball, which makes that part of it interesting. I think that's the forgotten thing in all of this is that, man, he really turned things around on the diamond. And when you go through the talent evaluation side of baseball, the A's have already made him a top 10 pick. So if he decides to go to the big leagues, he doesn't have to worry about people over-evaluating or putting too much into his size. If he comes back to Oklahoma, well, we already know what he's capable of doing. So... Good discussion there. Let's talk to Garen Emick, columnist from the Tulsa World, who has covered Kyler Murray from day one on campus. Uh, Garen was on with Gabe Eichert and I on Sirius XM 375. That's the Big 12 channel now. You can get it on the app. You can get it in newer cars as well. But, again, that's the best way to listen to Gabe and I weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on Sirius XM 375. And we started by asking Garen his thoughts on the madness that has been Kyler Murray's decision and what he thinks is next. Yeah, although I got to tell you, um, you know when he threw that pass to Charleston Rambo in the Orange Bowl? Oh, yeah, yeah the, that uh, one was pretty. On the oh run? I, I kind of, yeah, I mean, you, you see a guy do that, and it's and it's not just that. Murray gave OU fans, and, and, and those of us who got to cover him, he gave, he gave us a, a really special ride this year, but that one play, where he avoided Jennings and, and threw sidearm on the run uh, and hit Rambo in stride behind two defensive backs. I, I, you look at that and you think, dude, you really, you really going to go play baseball. <laughs> you're going to do, <laughs> you're going to do that to Nick Saban and you're going to go play baseball. So, so you know what, selfishly, um, I, I want to see, I want to see that in the NFL. I want to see Kyler Murray apply that to uh, to a league that is welcoming his, his brand of quarterbacking right now more than ever. I, I think that's just too good a matchup to, to pass up. Yeah. Kieran, do you think that, I mean, it, it seems like he just likes football more than baseball, right? Well, I, I, I don't, I think he should. Yeah. I mean, I think he would. I, I would think that a guy who's, who's gifted enough to do both right now, professionally. Um, and it's not just the player. It's, it's, it's to be honest and I don't mean to, I don't mean to dump on Major League Baseball, but uh, we we seen. I, I think that the public holds the prestige of of the NFL uh, in a very different place than the prestige of Major League Baseball. And if and if you and if if you have a taste of success in football, and, and Murray got a lot more than a taste this year, 
uh, it just it just yeah i mean why why wouldn't you why wouldn't you test those waters and and see what what you can make of it i i got the feeling we we were I remember back back before the season and before the Sooners went to camp the debate was after he was picked by the A's i mean does it even does he even play college football and i remember thinking it kid with that kind of skill set and that and those kind of gifts he's he's got to He's got to make a go, a real go of college football before he he decides that. And, a, and at a place like Oklahoma, don't you think he goes, you know, owes it to himself to do that? And I kind of am, am in the same mindset now. I, I think that he owes it to himself to to try his his luck in the NFL, just like after he was drafted by the A's, he owed it to himself to to give college football, big time college football, a shot. So I, I, you know, I don't know if the path is clear, guys, to to him going into the uh, the league, but I, I. I it's a little clearer than it was, I think, uh, just a couple of days ago. I found it interesting, the coverage today, Garen, in following this, because you almost get the sense in watching some of the ESPN and some of the draft-talking heads that they've been so taken aback by this that they they never really pay too much attention to him as a pro prospect. Everyone's kind of wowed and in shock, and I'm thinking to myself, we, we, we've seen this whenever they're talking about his ability. I guess the only knock you really have here is his size right now. If this guy's two inches taller, he might be the hands-down number one pick, no doubt about it, right? Yeah, size, Chris. Uh, there's, pro- there's probably still some of that that he's got to overcome. The other thing is I just don't know if people sat, uh, sat down and, and saw anything other than, other than the sizzle. You know, they saw him sort of freelancing the big plays this year for the Sooners, and they, they, they didn't watch the be, you know the out on second and eight or the, the, the seam route on third and seven. Someone tweeted, I can't remember who it was, a guy who covers the NFL a lot more than I did. I, I think he did a breakdown of all of Murray's third down throws. And, it, it, yeah, it's like a, a whole new world opened up for the guy. <laughs> He's not just a, he's not just a, a runner. He's not just a uh, again a freelancer. He's a pretty damn good quarterback. Sort of like people came to terms with him with regard to Baker Mayfield eventually. Um, and so you've got to get past as, as dazzling a talent as Murray is, and uh, the, the the kind of plays he ma- he's made you know he made all year, especially the the run against Texas in the first game against the Longhorns. I realize that's out there for people to sink their teeth into, but if you sit down and and, and just study what he did this year as a quarterback not as a playmaker, you realize that, that it's not that far-fetched to think this guy could play a few years in, in pro football. Yeah, good stuff from Garen. And uh, as we wrap up, since we've been talking a lot about Kyler, why not get a draft expert on? One of my personal favorites is Dane Brugler, long time at CBS Sports, good follow on Twitter at DP Brugler. Let's talk a little bit about not just Kyler, but Cody Ford and the rest of the Big 12 players who have decided to either stay or declare early for the NFL draft, like, oh, I don't know, Marquise Brown, Cody Ford. Dane Brugler joins us. Again, this was from our Sirius XM show on the Big 12 channel. That's Big 12 375. And we start by asking Dane what advice he would give to Kyler Murray about his future. I'm telling him to do what makes him happy. Um, you know, we can talk all we want about what is best for his bank account, what is best for, uh, you know, just him and his well-being in terms of health and, you know, durability factor. But uh, does playing baseball or playing football bring you more joy? And if it's pretty clear cut in, in Kyler's mind, then go do it. Go try it. And, you know, it's, it's one of those cases where, uh, you, you know, we've seen plenty of athletes try one sport and it didn't work out. So they go to the other sport, uh, you know, just look at Tim Tebow. Well, you know, he was, you know, did football a few years, uh, you know, had a little bit of success and then, you know, it tapered off and he's, you know, playing baseball. I think there's a good chance we might see him in the major league uh, 
at some point in the next year or two. Same thing with Kyler Murray. He could try the NFL and give it his best shot. If it works, great. If it doesn't, baseball, the baseball skills, he might be able to recapture those and give, give baseball a shot. But my advice would be for him to follow his heart and do what makes him happy. Dane, when you look at it, uh, I know you've had a chance to watch a ton of tape on all these quarterbacks. Where, where do you think Kyler Murray falls when you talk about at the quarterback position on these big boards out there? Yeah, and this is there's going to be no consensus answer to this question because all 32 teams, all evaluators, they're going to look at 5'9 and 190 pounds and judge that differently. Um, you know, it's something that, we haven't seen a quarterback uh, like that since what Doug Flutie and you know Doug Flutie it's not like Doug Flutie had this amazing success he was a great story for a few years with the Bills and uh, but it was almost more gimmicky than true uh, you know sustained success and so for for Kyler uh, you know he faces an uphill climb uh, and mostly because we just haven't seen a quarterback with his size and skill set uh, you know, have a successful NFL career. And, of course, that means that it doesn't mean that he can't do it. Of course he can. Uh, but it's just he's going to face an uphill climb. And so how do you slot that with this year's quarterback class? I think Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State is the clear-cut favorite to be the first quarterback drafted, uh, probably somewhere in the top five picks. Uh, good chance, you know, when we have, we have the draft order set now, we, we the top five picks, we don't have a, a clear team that, needs a quarterback, so good chance we see some movement uh, with a team like the Giants at six, uh, the Jaguars at seven, the Broncos at ten, somebody moving up to get Dwayne Haskins. Uh, number two for me is Daniel Jones at a Duke, a very cerebral passer. We hear a lot about the Coach Cutcliffe connections, uh, you know, his tutor, his head coach at Duke, uh, and how that will affect him. And so I think Daniel Jones for me is uh, number two on the board. And then at number three, that's kind of tentatively in pencil where I'm going to put Kyler Murray for now. Um, you know, it's studying his tape. You get so excited about the electric skill set, uh, the arm, the legs. Uh, he's, he's a very accurate passer. Just as, as a natural feel for putting the ball in, in places where his receivers can make a play. Now, with that said, you look at that Big 12 tape, and there's a lot that you just kind of have to fill in the gaps because he did not face a consistent pass rush. What Alabama threw at him in the Orange Bowl was much different than what he saw all season in the Big 12. The Big 12 simply did not prepare Kyler Murray for what the Crimson Tide threw at him uh, in the semifinal playoff game. And so that's part of it. Uh, he played behind an elite offensive line. Uh, you know, there were times we were watching his tape and, you're, you know, forget three, four seconds, you're on five, six seconds, and he's still in the pocket surveying the field looking for someone to throw to. So that's just that's not realistic at the next level. Um, and then, you know, you have to factor in the Lincoln-Riley connection, how much of uh, what Kyler did was uh, Lincoln-Riley putting him in the best possible position. Can, can you uh, – is that translatable to the next level? So so many variables to the Kyler Murray conversation and, you know, what translate, what doesn't. Uh, but I think he's he's right there in the top four or five. I have him right now at three, uh, in front of or right behind Dwayne Haskins and Daniel Jones, and then right in front of Drew Locke and Will Greer. When you're projecting out your mock drafts, Dane, I know you talk to a lot of people, but is it maybe a little bit just and, and again, not nothing against it, but kind of taking a shot as to who you think might be willing to risk and, and, and take Kyler Murray, or do you have a strong feel about maybe what offense he could potentially fit into in the NFL best? 
Well, and that, yeah, and that's part of mock drafts is, you know, you're, you're doing educated guesses to why this makes a, would make sense. Uh, and it's really, I mean, especially now, it's January. You know, right. mock drafts right now are not about accuracy. Uh, you know, I, if I get a mock draft right, I, I released a mock draft yesterday. If I get a pick right in, in that uh, mock draft I just did uh, in April, I'm not going to brag about it because it's just guessing. Uh, but right now is the time where we can really look at scenarios and what might make sense. And so, you know, you do these scenarios throughout the process. All of a sudden we get to draft weekend and we feel a lot more educated on, uh, you know, what could happen, what might not happen. And, Listen, NFL teams do mock drafts, you know, because they're interested as well about what might be a fit, what could happen in front of them, what, what type of players are going to get pushed to them if they have, say, the 17th, 18th pick. So, you know, mock drafts, they get a bad rap, but they're an important part of this process, and it's less about accuracy at this stage and more about just trying to figure out scenarios, what might make sense, what might not. And right now with the, you know, the coaching carousel uh, turning and spinning and, you know, we're, we're kind of settling down now and understanding what, you know, some of these teams are doing on offense. Uh, you know, I think we'll have a better feel for uh, the teams that might go after a, a Kyler Murray. But right now, it, it's just really too early to kind of to match Kyler with a specific team. And then, Dane, I know uh, with how much you study these players, how much tape you watch, that you kind of obviously assemble your big board Maybe let us know who who's just at the top of that big board when you when you've been breaking down this film, who are kind of the five guys that you're like, man, these kids can absolutely <laughs> play, and you expect them to go very early uh, when the draft rolls around here in April. Well, the conversation starts with Nick Bosa, um, even though he missed most of the season with uh, the the core muscle injury. Uh, as long as the medical staff at the combine give me two thumbs up. Uh, you know, Nick Bosa is in the conversation to be the number one pick. And, uh, you know, he's a carbon copy of his older brother, Joey, who defensive rookie of the year, all pro. Uh, you know, you worry about the durability a little bit, you know, just the, the Bosa family in general. Their uh, their father was a first-round pick back in, what, 87, and he only played two years because of injuries. Uh, Joey's missed time uh, because of injuries. You just you have to wonder, is there something durability-wise uh, with Nick? And so – that's something that you trust the medical staffs uh, and, you know, the trainers, and you just get a better sense for where he is medically. But as long as I get two thumbs up, uh, Nick Bosa's got the burst, he's got the bend, uh, just the biomechanics of how he uses his body, his understanding of hand use, uh, just he's very advanced for a player his age. Uh, so he's absolutely in the conversation to be the top pick. And then right behind him is Quinnen Williams from Alabama, the defensive tackle who – only a Richard sophomore. He hasn't officially declared yet, but he's just he's a special player. And I don't use special lightly uh, by any means. He's, uh, his ability to use power, quickness, technique, uh, instincts, uh, it, it's just it's all there for a player that's so young and still growing and developing. But what he has shown up to this point, I mean, he's a dominant player. He showed it all year for Alabama. Uh, you know, people kind of got on him because he didn't have a great game in the national championship game. He had four tackles and, uh, you know, one and a half were behind the line of scrimmage. It wasn't a bad game. It just it wasn't as dominant as he usually has. And so uh, when you have, a, you know, one and a half tackles for loss, four tackles, and that's considered a bad game, you know you're pretty good. So for me, Bosa, Quinn, and Williams are clearly at the top, and then there's a little bit of a drop-off. That's where we get to some of these defensive tackles, defensive linemen, guys like Josh Allen, a terrific edge player from Kentucky, Ed Oliver from Houston, 
Uh, Rashawn Gary did not have the college career most thought, but he's still up there in that conversation because of the traits. He's going to blow up the combine at 6'5", 285 pounds. So this is really going to be a defensive-heavy draft, especially on the front and the defensive line. You know, it's been interesting to watch some of the good news where a few guys, including Colin Johnson, Texas had one of their safeties, decide to come back as well too. Um, but also intriguing to see some of those who have made the decision here in the Big 12 to try to turn pro early. So I'm curious on a couple of receivers, uh, Dane, Lil Jordan Humphrey and Marquise Brown. I don't think you could have two opposite body types to try to have you break down right here, but I saw Marquise Brown tweeting at the Raiders last night. That'd be an interesting fit in John Gruden's system. And, man, I know little Jordan Humphrey said he got a second or third round grade, but from what we've seen here uh, in, in Big 12 country, man, he's got all the tools. What do you think? And Marquise Brown would be interesting because, you know, he's 5'9", 170 pounds, but he's got 4'3 speed, and he tracks the ball extremely well down the field, Deshaun Jackson-like. And so uh, you worry a little bit about the body type and durability. Uh, we saw that it, after he was dinged up in the Big 12 championship game. Didn't quite look himself against Alabama. Um, and so is he physical enough for what the NFL is going to throw at him? That's something that's going to be uh, what teams are going to try to figure out the next few months. And then little Jordan Humphrey, uh, you know, he's a big slot receiver, and he's one of the best at high-pointing the football, uh, going up physical, and just out-rebounding over defensive backs. Uh, the combine will be important for him to see how does he run. How does he run uh, not only in the 40, but change of direction, three-cone drill, the shuttles. Uh, you know, as a route runner, how complete is he at this point in the process? And so this is a loaded wide receiver class. And for little Jordan Humphrey, the combine is going to be huge so he can separate himself uh, you know, how does he compare to Kelvin Harmer from NC State and Nikhil Harry, Arizona State? Uh, there's a lot of wide receivers in this class, big-bodied receivers. So I, I don't think he's a locked top 100 pick, but right now as he enters the process, he's somewhere in that third, fourth round. And then before we let you go, Dane, um, who do you like coming out better, Dalton Reisner or Cody Ford? Ooh. I'm a Cody Ford guy. If, ah, if me too. If, if you put on – pads and play football it would look like Cody Ford he's just he reminds me of a, a bouncer who is just looking for an underage kid to show him a fake ID so he can throw him out he just he's so much fun to watch play football so obviously a lot about the big topic in the sports world that's the future of Kyler Murray but I can't stress enough about the importance of what's going on on campus this week, and it starts tonight with the women's gymnastics team at home against Georgia at 645. Tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock, the men's hoops team squares off against TCU. And then on Sunday, it's the OU women's basketball team against West Virginia at 2. Soonersports.com slash tickets. Soonersports.com slash one pass for all your ticketing needs. Everyone have a great weekend. And until Monday's, well, Monday taping, Tuesday's edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. 
Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.